And welcome back, everybody, to episode 39 of Rounding Third, the baseball podcast. James, it's good to be back. Another great episode. We've got the Sunday standings, uh, some fun day games during Memorial Day, and some kind of funny news with Tommy Pham slapping Jock Peterson, but we'll get into it. Today, Today, I consider myself myself the luckiest luckiest man on the face of the the earth. Good to be back. I'm happy to be back on the mic talking some baseball. Some funny stuff happened this week. Some some fun series as well. How are you feeling? You know, I feel definitely feel great. Some interesting stuff. Some headlines I never thought we would talk about. But honestly, for the most part, I think this is the most business as usual episode we've had yet. You know, there's just not a ton of news, not a ton of scorching stuff. I would like to lead off though. Happy Memorial Day, Max, and thank you to everyone, you know, who has served, those who have laid down their lives for the country. We are recording this on Memorial Day, so happy Memorial Day. Um, but that being said, let's talk a little baseball, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. I suggest we kick right off with the Sunday standings, capturing and just reminding everyone we're recording this on Memorial Day on Monday. These are the standings as of all of the games being closed last night after Sunday night baseball. These are the standings. Yeah. Let me just go into an AL West um, kind of weird things happening in the AL West. You know, we've had both um, the Astros and the angels doing really well this whole season, kind of pulling away from the Rangers, notably the Mariners and the athletics, but Astros dropped two out of three to the Mariners and the Angels got swept by the Blue Jays. So both of those teams struggling, but struggling at about the same rate. So Angels behind the Astros by three and a half games and Texas behind them. Seattle, despite winning that series, still um, behind the Rangers in that wild card race. And if we look at the wild card standings, Angels currently hold the third spot, two and a half games ahead of the White Sox um, and Astros obviously holding the division lead. So we'll have to see what happens. James, how do you feel about the AL West? I mean, it, it's a division where in a weird way, there's not a lot of storylines because it's, it's almost unfolding exactly how, I mean, maybe not exactly how you would predict it, but again, you have that Houston LA up there. I, I believe we'll be talking about uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim later on in the show. Uh, but, you know, they're right there. Three and a half is always striking distance. I mean, that's if you can be within three and a half going into September, there's still hope left. What's interesting to me is Texas seven games back. I mean, look, that's a lot of games. But Corey Seager just hit his 10th home run. They could maybe make noise if this Angels team continues to, you know, falter. I don't ever think that this Texas team can do it for the whole season, though. Even if they get within striking distance, I don't think they close. Yeah, I agree. I don't think the Rangers are, are for real. I mean, Semyon finally hit his first home run of the season. After last year, he hit, like, more than any second baseman in, a ball, yeah, in the history of the MLB. Um, but So maybe he can pick it up, and Seager's been solid, but I expect them to fall on the Mariners. I still have hope that they'll, you know, go on a hot streak here. It was good to get two wins against the Astros. 
But yeah, I agree. I think it's business as usual. Angels, I hope that they stay in the race. You know, we've seen this team before kind of fall because of poor pitching. Otani's been solid. Syndergaard has had some horrible outings. Um, but I think this team will stick around. Yeah, and, and with that, I'm going to move us to the American League East. Again, not a lot to report up top. The New York Yankees are dominant as they really ever have been. Uh, 33 and 15 on the season, and even 5 for 5 over the last 10, so maybe coming back to earth a bit. But they've still looked rock solid. Uh, you have Tampa Bay sitting in that weird zone where they're right there ready to strike with like an arm's reach away, four and a half games back. They're at 28 and 19 on the year. And then one game back of them, Toronto. Uh, Toronto notably just had a huge sweep in Anaheim over the Angels. That really helped propel them. So, again, this is a Toronto team that's been very hot as of late. They may be talked about later on in the show. Um, potentially, they're on a five-game winning streak. Really could make some noise. I expect them to pass Tampa Bay here pretty soon. Again, one game back. Uh, and then after that, Boston has stayed 10 games back. I think they were 10 games back last week. So, Despite having a hot week, it really hasn't propelled them too far forward. And then Baltimore, I mean, I don't know. Should we even keep talking about Baltimore? Like, do we even need to read them? They're, they're there. They're the rock bottom. They're the anchor of the division, looking nice as ever. They should fix that wall. Just while I'm talking about it. It's more fun when that wall was not, like, as far back as it is, you know. So fix the wall, Camden Yards. Yeah, I do hate the wall, but I, I, I do think that this is a this is a, a division that, you know, top to bottom is probably one of the better ones in baseball. The Orioles aren't really there, but the Red Sox, I mean, they were great last year and they've been great as of late. But I agree. I think the Blue Jays might be talked about later. Um, I think this team, you know, is on a hot streak. Ever since the Cardinals beat them in that first game of their two-game series, Blue Jays won the second one of that and then swept the Angels five-game win streak looking really solid um, and coming back in most of those games. But the Yankees are still, you know, pretty dominant. They split a series with the Rays um, in Tampa Bay, but they're, they're still probably the best team in the American League, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll sign off on that opinion. Definitely, I think they're the front runner in the American League as of now. I saw some, I wish I remembered who it was. One of these talk show guys was talking about how the Yankees their problem is that they don't have quality starting pitching. And I'm like scratching my head as their entire rotation is like a sub three ERA. And I'm like, I don't really know what else you want here. Like, sure, you don't yeah. have a sub one guy, but like, it's really good rotation. Yeah, Nestor Cortez is like an AL Cy Young candidate. And obviously, Garrett Cole has great stuff as well. And Severino, and Severino back like a 2.9. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a good rotation. And then they're brutalizing the baseball. Although I, I have not seen many short porch home runs, so it seems like they're actually hitting at the proper length for an MLB game. I'm excited. Yeah, we, we got to start tracking judges. I, I know we talked a little bit about judges tracked towards 60 during Preacher Reach last episode, but I, I want to keep keep up to date with his pace and what pace he's on. I, I always get the notifications that he hit a home run, so it seems like he's still slugging. I think he's at 17 right now. No, I think he's more than 17. Is he at 19? Yeah, I think he was at 17 or 18 when we recorded last episode. Um, but, I mean, he's still amazing. And I think just with Rizzo, Judge, um, and, and I guess that, that so-called subpar pitching, 
I just think the Yankees are still the team that I'm, I'm rooting for a Dodgers Yankees World Series. That's that's what I'm rooting for. If I can't get a Cardinals one, Cardinals would be first. <laughs> Other than that, Dodgers Yankees. I was gonna have to ask him. Like I appreciate you cheering for my team more than your own. That's incredible. Um, no, we'll see. That would be a really fun one. Um, but I think with that, that is the American League East. Until someone can really dethrone the Yankees, which I think the Jays may be able to. Maybe able to close that gap, get striking distance, and make something happen. But could line up for some really, really great baseball at the dog days of summer. Yeah, and and now going to the Central, the AL Central, it's honestly a division that I, I just struggle to find interest in. Um, obviously, at the bottom, you have the Royals and Tigers. So that alone, like those are just two of the bottom teams in baseball. They're not fun teams to watch. They don't really have a lot of – they've got good players like Torkelson and Bobby Witt Jr. who can – you know, bring some excitement, but all in all, I don't think those teams are great. The guardians still continue to disappoint me in that third place spot. Um, you know, we talked about how they have decent hitting metrics and they're bringing up some young guys and trying things out. And I, I still think they have a good lineup, but they're just struggling. They lost two out of three to the tigers after losing two out of three to the Astros before that they got swept by the uh, reds a couple weeks ago or last week. Still struggling. But then the White Sox. White Sox are in second place, 23 and 23, exactly 500. They've dealt with injury issues this whole time, um, but I just don't believe in them. Dallas Keuchel, we're going to talk about later. Johnny Cueto is just now getting back. You've seen good stuff from Cease and Kopech, but I don't know. And then Twins continue to be pretty solid at the top. I'd add uh, Tim Anderson left the game with an injury, uh, so that's something that was yesterday, something to – kind of track. I mean, he was first in all offensive stats for shortstop, so they definitely can't afford him to be out any chunk of time. But in this yeah, and he, and he started the he started the season in the off in the IL too, so he's barely even been back. Yeah, you know, you say it's a division that's hard to find interest in, and I would echo that, but the one shining star to me are the twins. I mean, they are so consistently good. It's kind of a fun journey. I, I, every single week I sit here going, is this when they kind of falter, come back to earth? No. They just win games. They win series. And they're a very fun team to watch, honestly. So Minnesota twin, Twins have certainly been way above my expectations thus far in the season. I guess that's fair. I, I agree. And they they even had a Correa on the IL for quite some time. So and then they've been getting production from Royce Lewis. And Byron Buxton is just, you know, arguably the best player on the planet. Um, and Joe Ryan is could win rookie of the year. So they do have good production and they're just consistent. And I think it, this, they're in a prime spot because this division isn't very strong top to bottom. And even the second place team, White Sox, are struggling a lot. So they, they have a great chance here. They're looking solid. You know, talking about a division that is very strong top to bottom, uh, going to take us to the National League West, obviously division I can always talk about. On top, no surprise here, in my opinion, the best team of baseball from an unbiased perspective, Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, they have been brutalizing teams uh, at an alarming rate, 33 and 14 on the year. You know, they've been absolutely incredible as of late on the road trip. They're up top. And this is the story to me of this division. It's not the Dodgers on top. That's a given. I mean, it's the NL West. It's been LA's division for a decade. Uh, but it's the Padres in that two-hole only three games back, they've eclipsed 30 wins, 30 and 17, three games back to the Dodgers, all without Tatis, which I think is very important to note. 
Then you have a large drop-off, not a large drop-off, but a four-game drop-off to the San Francisco Giants, who are seven and a half games back of first at 25 and 21. Uh, outside of that, you have 11 and 12 games back, Arizona, Colorado. They kind of are finding their place uh, in this division as sort of those anchors, those bottom teams. What's interesting to me, though, Max, is it really seems like San Diego has solidified themselves as the other NL West team to compete with the Dodgers, and the Giants now are just fine for a playoff spot or a wild card spot. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I, the Diamondbacks and Rockies at this point, honestly, I think are worthy of minimal coverage unless something happens. I mean, they're just not going to be competitive teams. Um, but yeah, the Padres have to be the story. I was skeptical of this team coming into this year, even with Tatis. I didn't like some of their pitching, um, but I think Shamanea, Yu Darvish, a lot of these guys have been pitching great. And once they get Tatis back, this team can really make a run. They just lost to the Cardinals, though, which should be uh, important because Goldie's just incredible but the Padres are are looking good the Giants have been have been struggling a bit as of late losing um or only three and seven in their last 10 I'm starting to worry that that team might be on the brink of you know stumbling a little bit in that division and not remaining competitive would you I would say that this is much more accurate of the San Francisco team I was expecting last year and this year and really where they should be I think that's right. I think that's right. They've been good this year. I mean, they they still have a good roster, and that's why they won 107 games last year. But I do think they drastically overperformed. And, you know, who knows? They might win 10 in a row here. But I think right now they're they're looking like what you said, the Giants we expected last year. And I can, James, turn to the NL Central here. Um, the division... You know, I don't want to keep going on and on about it, but it's Brewers-Cardinals. The other teams we can skim over, but it's Brewers versus Cardinals. Brewers, they played a four-game series against the Cardinals in St. Louis this past weekend. A big matchup at the top of the NL Central ended up splitting it 2-2. It was pretty good to see. I I think there were a lot of positives from a Cardinal perspective coming out of it. Corbin Burns was absolutely dominant in James' bet, which ended up losing. Um, But... It's these two teams, Cardinals starting with the Padres. I'm hoping we can get this series, but Brewers have looked really good. Brandon Woodruff, though, hitting the IL, so that could set them back. Reds have been solid. Since they were 3-22, and they have the third-best record in baseball, only behind the Yankees and Dodgers. So, you know, Reds still in last place, but 16-31. and I think they could catch the Pirates or the Cubs, though. I mean, at least they are no longer on pace to be the worst baseball team to ever take a major league field by percentage. So that, look, that's a benefit. I'm sure when Phil Castellini was talking about success, this is the success he envisioned. Like, we can make a run and we can be fourth in the National League Central. Like, let's hang a pennant. Let's pop champagne bottles. We're all in. I got a novel idea. Pay someone. Has anyone thought of this? Just pay someone. Pay anyone with a pulse. Then they could be top three in the division. Yeah, I mean, it, it is just really a disappointing organization, top to bottom. I mean, I, I don't think there's much else to say. They were rebuilding forever. They got a good team, and now they sold everybody. But um, it's still good to see them winning a little bit, uh, not being at the piss bottom of the National League. It's actually funny, though. They have a better run differential than the Pirates by 30 runs, but that's mainly because the Pirates lost that 21-0 to game to the Cubs, and the Cardinals beat them like 19-5. I'm a huge run differential guy. 
watching the Dodgers run differential take up plus 20 every single week is I don't know when this stops. This season may end with a plus 470 run differential. I mean, it's insanity. I mean, think about it. Like we, we always talk about how the Mets are like one of the best teams in baseball. They have a plus 54 run differential. The Dodgers have plus 119, almost double that. They, they really are just like hammering teams. It, it's, it's almost hard to watch because I realize there's fans on the other end. And it's like, I couldn't imagine just having to deal with this for four straight games. Um, yeah. And starting a series with the Pirates tonight should be another opportunity. Well, we all know what happens last time the Dodgers played the Pirates. So we'll, we'll see. That? But uh, the Pirates did win the series. That wasn't Pittsburgh, however. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to play the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. Not a good idea. And if you're an opposing fan, you may get punched in the face. Another knock yeah, I have against yeah. Dodgers fans. They just punch too many people. Uh, with all that being said, the NL Central, it's just like the AL Central to me. It's a little more exciting because you have that Brewers-Cardinals dynamic, that back and forth for first, that's that, that they're never far enough away that a series can't change it. But, yeah, everything else is just terrible, and I'm so glad that out of those bottom feeders we selected Field of Dreams game. Um, another division that has been very underwhelming to me, Max, and I was expecting it to be, it was going to be my number one division of the year, was expecting it to be incredible. That's the National League East. No changes up tops. The Mets continue to Mets, 7-3 over the last 10, 32-17. Easily have the NL East in hand without Max Scherzer and Jake Grom, who's really started up in his throwing program. So maybe some hope there that he gets back, you know, around July, June. Uh, then you have Atlanta pretty comfortably moving into that second spot. They're eight and a half games back, sub 500. They're at 23 and 25. Behind them, you have the Phillies, 21 and 27. That puts them 10 and a half games back. They've been uh, very bad as of late, also very bad as of late. The Marlins, 11 games back. Uh, and then you have Washington, 14 games back. So it's interesting is the Marlins, Phillies, Atlanta, that's all within, you know, two and a half games right there. Um, yeah, it is weird. It is weird to the, how, I mean, the Mets have been really good. You know, they've been one of the stories in the offseason, which how much money, how much money they were spending. And they've, they've proven to be a very resilient team. Uh, I mean, beating the pot, the Phillies in this sweep that we'll talk about during Sunday night baseball. I mean, that, that was pretty impressive stuff, and they've been impressive this whole season. The Braves, you know, I thought William Contreras' walk-off might have got them a little bit of momentum to to pick up their winning ways. They've been okay, 6-4 and four in their last 10, but I agree. Phillies are struggling. There have been rumors about Joe Girardi's job, um, and if he's safe, he said he's not worried about it. I just, I don't know. This team, uh, during Sunday Night Baseball, like had the defensive errors all over the place. I don't know. I don't like the Here, Phillies very much. Here's what I don't get. You can't really come after Girardi's job if you handed him a roster that your entire roster decision was, we think we can win by having absolutely no defense, above average pitching, and a bunch of power bats. I mean, that is their proposition. And it's like they almost get surprised when they're, they're walking two or three defensive areas a game. And it's like, you can't really be mad at Like, this is the team you built. If this style doesn't work, well, this is why you're the only team in baseball that is playing the no defense type of game. Yeah, I just, I, I really just don't think it's a very good team. 
I know they have Bryce Harper, who's one of the best players in baseball. And Castellano and Schwarber are good. Their rotation is, again, it's okay. Like, Zach Wheeler's good. Nola's good. But it's nothing to, like, drive home with. Um, and even Elfin's been good. I just, I just think, especially in this division with the reigning World Series champs who have a solid roster that you know is going to get going at some point, and the Mets who are just dominant, uh, it's, it's tough. And even the bottom teams, the Marlins are solid. The Marlins are right behind the Phillies. Um, and the Nationals even have some serviceable players. They're uh, 18 and 31, which, you know, for being a last, t- last place team in baseball, it could be worse. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's a Nationals team that you still, it's never a guaranteed win. Um, you know, I mean, look, when you're going up against Juan Soto, there's nothing he can't do. I do. I would love to see Juan Soto on a different team. I know that may break national teams hard, but like, that's a guy that needs to be in the picture. Like the fact that he's already eliminated from the playoffs on May 30th is that's just kind of tough. And I know he's not actually, but it would take like multiple miracles to get that national teams in the postseason. So it's a division that's been so underwhelming to me because it's basically the New York Mets and everyone else just struggling to find wins. I don't think any of them should be wild card teams. Like, take the Mets, get them in the playoffs, and forget the rest of them happen. Yeah, I mean, when the when the, uh, fuck, when the Nationals won the World Series in 2019, they were like 19 and 31. They were like right at this point, and they won the World Series. Um, I really think anything's still possible, and the Nationals. If you think about that team, I mean, Rendon was great then, but since then he's only been fu- he's only been mediocre. Um, and it was the pitching that carried them with Scherzer and Strasburg, who you're probably getting back very soon. Uh, he's starting in AAA in a couple of days, and then he'll probably be back. Well, let's not forget the the one player that changed the tide for that championship, the savage utility man himself, Howie Kendrick. The big difference. I genuinely believe he won that World Series. He had some big plays, but he's an energy guy. He was the guy you get in your dugout, and he makes you want to play better. Love Howie Kendrick up there for my favorite MLB uh, team ever. If you want to come on the show and you're listening, Howie, always an open invite. Yeah, the the legendary uh, Grand Slam in well, the NLCS. We don't have to go there. That was a brutal moment because it ripped my heart out of my chest, but it was the only player where I couldn't be like, this guy sucks and I hate him. I was just like, ah. Got to pour some respect. I love Howie Kendrick. Um, yeah, and that was actually the NLDS because the Cardinals made the NLCS. Um, <laughs> that is true. But, James, you want to move to some of these stories uh, that we've got to talk about after the standings? Um, I think that was a good breakdown and discussion of some things that have been happening. Well, um, let's let's start out with the slap heard around the world, and I'm not talking about Will Smith at the Oscars. Finally, a new slap in the media. Honestly, even more perplexing than the Will Smith situation. You want to set this one up? <laughs> yeah, so this is this is just the most ridiculous thing um, that I've really seen in sports in a long time. Tommy Pham um, notably slapped Jock Peterson in the face pregame of the Reds-Giants game um, the other week or the other day. And it all stemmed from a fantasy football dispute and we, you know we don't have to get into too de- uh, too many details about what the dispute was about, but basically Jock Peterson was putting a player that wasn't actually on the injured list on his IR when I guess you're allowed to do that in uh, their league. And Tommy Pham took an exception to his use of that rule, um, even though apparently he had a similar thing going on. But as a result of this, Jock Peterson sent something into their group chat. Um, the group chat of this 
all the members of the Fantasy Football League. And it was basically a gif of three weightlifters, one with Giants, one with Dodgers, one with Padres. And the two Dodgers and Padres, the two Dodgers and Giants ones were on top of the Padres one. And so then this was back when Tommy Pham uh, played for the Padres and Jock Peterson played for um, the Dodgers. And so it's the Dodgers and Giants on top of the Padres. And Tommy Pham said something along the lines of, Jock, I don't know you. And so this is actually funny. The way we know this is because Jock Peterson brought all the reporters over to his locker room and was showing these texts on his phone as proof that it happened. Um, receipts. But He's got receipts. So he shows these receipts, and Tommy Pham says something along the lines of, Jock, I don't know you well enough to make any jokes like this. Jock wrote back, it was meant to be all funny games, no hard feelings. Sorry if you took it that way. Um, and so then Tommy Pham was out of the league for a little bit um, and out of out of the MLB for a little bit. And um, he then he left the Fantasy Football League as well. And so now that he's back on a team with the Reds, when they played each other, he, I guess, had some words to say pregame. And he totally accepted the um, the suspension. He suspended three games. He was like, you know, I'm suspended three games. It is what it is. I Some things needed to be done. Well, and what's even crazier is because initially no one got this fantasy football report. What happened is pregame BP, Tommy Fan just runs across the field. It's all tarped up for BP. Runs over to where they're doing field work. The Giants are doing field work. Walks up to Chuck Peters and just smacks him. And everyone's like, what is this? And you finally get the context, which really didn't help that much. So a couple things on that. It's like, one, that is absurd. I mean, I'm a big fantasy football guy. I've never cared that much to slap someone over fantasy football. And if he wants to slap over the joke, first of all, is it wrong? Is it wrong in any sense of the word? No, it absolutely is not. Two teams that set franchise records, two teams that have won, well, the Giants have won multiple World Series in the last decade. Dodgers have won one. So it's like, first of all, joke's not wrong. But I was like, that's clearly a joke. I mean, like, it's also like, you're not the face of the Padres. Calm down. Like, no one is thinking, like, oh, you really took a shot at seven-hole hitter Tommy Pham. Like, yeah, and it's just like, it's a fantasy football issue. I, I don't think you need to fight over it. That, I just think it's stupid that, that that violence was caused by some random fantasy football league rules dispute. And it, with two, like, kind of random dudes. It's so and, funny. If you watch Jock did, like, the – it's not even a post-game presser, a post-getting-slapped-in-the-face-at-warm-ups presser. And he was, like, kind of shaken up. He was just taken aback because he's like, did I really just get smacked in the face? Grown man to grown man over a fantasy football issue from a year and a half ago. Uh, the other thing that's crazy about this is Tommy Pham even said this before joining the Reds. Basically, I don't care about winning this season. It's about stats, getting back to where it was, and getting mine for me and my family. That's a paraphrase of a quote he said. So it's like if you are so serious about not caring about anything, getting your stats on track to get another big major league deal lined up, I probably want to take one of three game suspension and two just like smack someone and be like, yes, this guy's unhinged. Before a World Series, he may smack the opposing team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unreal. you can kind of maybe see some like narcissistic traits and the fact that, you know, he, he, he doesn't really care about the team. He's only focused on his stats. You could see somebody acting like that. Um, maybe take offense to any attack to his team or or, or his his career in the MLB. Also, from a fantasy football perspective, taking a player that's listed out and putting them on the IR can't like make that many waves. 
like who did he pick up like <laughs> like it's just even on that front it's like there's no way this was even that big of an issue this wasn't even like the Taysom Hill at tight end sheet like just yeah just well funny thing that happened situation. I think it's going to go away. I mean, he'll serve the suspension. It was funny. I hope they uh, – well, I guess Tommy Pham might not be in the league anymore, but that w- it was a pretty stupid uh, story. Still true, though. Giants and Dodgers on top of the Padres. So one thing I agree with Giants fans about. How about some news in the AL, <laughs> AL Central? Uh, we kind of hinted at it when we covered it, the White Sox, Dallas Keuchel. He's been just really bad this whole year. Um, we've talked about how he gave up all those runs and then was uh, blaming his defense earlier in the year. He's just been, been really poor, and the White Sox designated him for assignment. So basically, you know, another team could pick him up and pay that contract. If not, the White Sox will have to pay the whole contract, and he becomes a free agent. But this year, I mean, he has a 7.88 ERA. He's 2-5. and five. Uh, His whip. So basically his runners allowed per inning is over two. Um, he's just been been really ugly. And so they're paying him a huge contract because he had that, you know, one Cy Young year when he won the Cy Young back with Houston. And ever since then, it's been kind of tough for him. And this year, I, I, I expect him to be picked up. I've actually seen Cardinals rumors that I'll talk about. But, um, you know, interesting to see this. Definitely, even his last two years, he has a five nine one ERA. So this is not just like oh, a rough season. They're just like oh, this guy's borderline unusable. Now, and I love uh, cheering against Dallas Keuchel, and I really only became an anti Dallas Keuchel fan uh, when it came to that game where he failed to sh- like strike out a batter, do really anything productive on the mound for 14 straight batters and then blamed his defense. To me, I was like, oh, like this guy's like a shell of a man, like shell of a teammate. Because it's like, I don't care what happens. You're professional. You don't blame your teammates. But certainly, if you're going to start blaming teammates, you better not have gotten hit on 14 straight at-bats. Like, that's not their fault that you're throwing meatballs. Yeah, I think there's a lot of questionable things from his, like the, the behavior with blaming his defense, obviously, and then just his productivity has been so low. I've saw I've seen some advanced, more advanced metrics that said some of his, uh, like he he's getting a little bit unlucky, uh, and just like where balls are being hit and and you know some defensive things that are happening. But I, he is somebody that's going to be picked up. Like somebody's going to pick him up. He's a decent arm. Um, and somebody who can swallow that contract, or if nobody does it, nobody takes the contract, White Sox pay it, they can pay him for the prorated minimum salary. So he'll get picked up. I did say a Cardinals rumor because the Cardinals have Flaherty on the IL, uh, Stephen Matz on the IL, Jordan Hicks on the IL. So, you know, we could get an arm to fill some starts. We'll see if that happens. Um, I wouldn't, I, I'm honestly not that opposed. Like he's a veteran arm. I think he could do good in the organization. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'll, I'll just tell you, I will be keeping the exact same energy towards Dallas Keuchel, regardless of what team he ends up, if that's the Cardinals. That's okay. <laughs> if, for godforsaken reason, they pit him in Dodger blue, which I would consider a war crime, another war crime by the office. Uh, I could see the Mets making a push just to wait until they get their premier arms back, because Steve Cohen will pay like that it, and not yeah. even notice. So, yeah, that, he definitely gets picked up. I think that that's like a no-brainer he gets picked up. It's just funny to me because it's like you're going to blame your teammates. You don't deserve to be on that team. So I was happy he got DFA'd. 
we'll see where he lands, and uh, maybe he won't blame that team for his failures. Yeah, yeah, you never know. How about, I mean, we're talking about Cardinals rumors. I want to spend, you know, a quick five minutes here talking about the Cardinals um, and some things that have been interesting to see with this team. You know, I try to watch every game of this team, and I follow it pretty closely. And it's been interesting. It's been weird so far. I think we've been playing well. Like, our record's solid. We currently hold the second wild card spot. But Nolan Arenado is, like, Ofer's last 16. Um, O'Neal is on the IL. Flaherty, Mats, uh, Hicks, all these guys are hurt, are pitchers. Alex Reyes is out for the year. But this team continues to get wins. You know, we played the Blue Jays, who are solid. We split a series with them. We played the Brewers, who are really solid in a division rival. We split it with them. And it's mainly because of these young guys. Brandon Donovan, Juan Yepes, Nolan Gorman, Matthew Liberatore. All these guys have been playing exceptional. Juan Yepes and Brandon Donovan, you know, we basically brought up um, this year. And they've been, or we did bring up this year. And they've been everyday starters for the past month, pretty much. And both are still hitting high 200s. Um, I am worried a little bit that pitchers will start to figure them out and they'll fall behind. But Nolan Gorman today went three for three, I think, last time I checked um, as I was watching it, three for three. And uh, the, two days ago, we went four for four, which is great to see. He was the top prospect in the organization. And Liberatoris had two starts. His second one looked great. And Paul Goldschmidt is just like the, the hottest player on the planet right now. I would say he's most likely going to win NL player of the month between him and Mookie maybe is who it's up for, um, which would give the Cardinals both NL player of the month of, thus far. But I've been liking what I'm seeing so far. I, I think this Padre series will be big and it looks like we're going to take game one. I mean, James, from your perspective, you know, maybe not watching every, every game, like how, do you consider the Cardinals a threat? I, I actually do, but that's because, look, they have gamers there. And, and when it comes to playoffs, which is really all I care about, uh, it, look, it's anyone. The Cardinals have struck pain in my heart. You know, the Cardinals, Dodgers have struck pain in your heart. It's gone both ways. But it's a team of guys that you just don't want to face. If they get scorching hot, we saw how they ended the season last year. I mean, it's not. You know, you know, Goldie, Nolan, they just have the veteran presence, Albert, Yachty. You cannot understate the experience and what that means when it comes down to it. And they're just a team that, like, they can show flashes of brilliance. They can be the best team on any given night in baseball. Uh, so I never want to see them in the playoffs. That's just, it's just a scary recipe right there. I like exact, I think they're exactly where they want to be. I don't think you want to be leading in that division. I like them staying three games out and pouncing at the end. I mean, I think this yeah, is I a mean, real loser, though, is the Memphis Redbirds. I mean, you, you called up basically their entire top four and have screwed the AAA club, but obviously none of it matters. It's all about the MLB team. But. I also think, you know, I, I like what you said about the organization. Like, I think it's just a team that, you know, when you watch the Cardinals play in September, October, like, they just play differently, like, They'll, they'll always be competing there. But also, we're in this three games back spot without great productivity at all from Tyler O'Neill, without great productivity from Dylan Carlson, who's been out. Um, and then Lars Newbar, who was great towards the end of last year, has been up and down. So it's these really these young guys who are stepping up. And if we can get O'Neill and Carlson to be better, the offense is going to be great. 
the biggest problem is the pitching. Flaherty had one like pre, like one great latter half of the season where he was unhittable, and after that he's been okay. And so he's he hasn't thrown a single inning this year. And if he can be an ace, that'd be amazing. But I just have questions there. Wayno's old. Matt's has done okay. Michaelis has really proven himself, but it's the pitching that's the biggest difficulty. You know, I. It's just, I don't know, you encapsulated that so well. Look, they're a team. They don't have the insane budget, but they have the second most World Series. There's something about the Cardinals. They're always there. They're beating the drum. I would say in the National League, they're the last team I want to play in the playoffs. Legitimately, it's just how it stacks up. You know how nervous I was going into that wild card game last year. I mean, it's just, it's a team I respect. And, you know, I always find myself at the end watching them, you know, out of solidarity and they're a fun team. I could see them getting Dallas Kegel. And that's one thing I did want to say. Jordan Hicks is perennially on the injured list. I mean, he's got an apartment on the injured list. Every third start, yeah, he's gone. Tough. He drives me crazy. Like, well, I think he, he maybe he sat out the COVID season. But, yeah, he's been on the IL. He he came up. And this year, Ali Marmol was like, you're going to be a starter. He's somebody that throws super fast. He's throwing over 100 miles an hour. But I just felt like. He doesn't have a lot of control. His ball-to-strike ratio is is out of whack. Um, I haven't really, you know, we haven't won the games he's played. And so I haven't been a fan of watching him pitch thus far. I think he's got great stuff, but if he can get it under control, he's super young too. So, you know, it's a good learning experience for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they're, I don't know how you feel. I think they're exactly where you want them to be without some of that production that's been great. And Paul Goldschmidt's playing literally a different game. I told you pre-show was joking. I'm like, he's on PDs that we don't even know exist. Like, he's got the limitless pill. I mean, he is just seeing the baseball. This is the best month of his career, and it's a pretty potential Hall of Fame career. I mean, he's probably on the short list of seven guys who you actually can have a Hall of Fame discussion about in baseball right now. I mean, like, he is really incredible. Um, he, he's, and this was a guy, let's not forget when at the beginning of the season, he came off an amazing spring training and at the beginning of the season, he was struggling. Everyone was like, what happened? Where did this, the bat go from spring training? He was really struggling. It took him a couple weeks to hit his first home run, but now he's, you know, probably going to win NL uh, player of the month. He's in the early MVP conversation thus far, I would say. Um, and if you look at the, the batting stats, for the Cardinals. He's the leader in batting average, home runs, RBIs, on-base percentage, hits, and OPS. So he's, I mean, he's like kind of carrying the offense right now. I mean, if you think about the walk-off grand slam, his three-run homer tonight, I mean, he's putting up a lot of runs, which is great to see, but maybe slightly concerning. Um, But, I mean, you got to love it. Yeah, I mean, speaking of things that you have to love, I think that's our weekly installment of Spicy and Dicey. You know, I, I'd i love to get into it, and I don't know. I, I don't imagine you go Cardinals back-to-back. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I don't, Well, I don't think I did Cardinals last. I think I picked my player of the week and bad player of the week were both Cardinal players. I don't think I picked the Cardinals. That's true. That is – this is true. Well, do you want to kick us off with uh, your spicy team? Yeah, and I honestly think we're going to go the same way here unless you uh, are pivoting or something. To me, my spicy team is the Blue Jays. Um, 
I think they they've they were a topic of conversation coming into this year. You know, was this the, their year with um, adding some new pitchers like Kevin Gossman and having Vlad and Bo Bichette and getting Matt Chapman? And they were kind of mediocre for a while. They weren't doing great. They were kind of one of those teams when we do the Sunday standings that you're like, uh, I mean, they're winning, but not by a lot. And with the Yankees outshining them and even the Rays being ahead of them. And then the Red Sox surging. The conversation hasn't really been about them. But after winning that second game in the Cardinals series and then sweeping the Angels in Anaheim, um, an Angels team that has all the lights on them, Trout, Otani, all these great pitchers, or not pitchers, but great players, um, they just came out and came back from behind in three out of the four games. And in that final game, it was like they won 11 to 10 on the walk-off. It was an incredible game. I think the Blue Jays you know, might have found something in this five-game stretch, and I think they're the best team of the week for sure. Well, I don't agree with you that they're the best team of the week, but I do agree with, you know, your read on where they're at and what they could do. You know, I think I think this Angels sweep, huge sweep, again, this was a series I was most looking forward to over the weekend. I think it's that change in thing. I think it, it's that little kick, uh, bump in the behind that they need to be like, okay, no, we actually can easily win our division, can easily win the American League. And I hope, look, baseball's just better if that team's scorching hot. So many electric players. Vladdy, Bo Bichette is just a walking electricity factory. And it's a fun team. So you hope, you know, have some staple guys too with Springer, Vigio. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun team. And uh, I hope we get more of this Jays team that we're seeing now. Are you going the same way? Are they your spicy team, or are you, are you going somewhere else? They are not my spicy team. My spicy team, this is a moment I knew would happen. I was the waiting Dodgers. for it to be ready. Yeah, and they, there's not, in my opinion, like there's not a better time if I'm going to make the hometown pick, which was bound to happen. This is the week. I mean, the Dodgers right now, they just wrapped a 10-game road trip where they went 8-2. and two including a sweep of the Diamondbacks. Of course, you know, that's not the best thing to hang your hat on, but going into Arizona, playing four games, never a guarantee. But eight and two on a road trip? I mean, are you serious? Like, if you split a road trip, you're like, okay, that was a successful road trip. Eight and two? I mean, they have the best last 10 series completely on the road. I mean, they look incredible. Tyler Anderson, just the pitching's coming out of the woodworks. Kershaw's, you know, he's down, he's injured because – he didn't pitch the perfect game, which was supposed to save his season, and it didn't. You know, there's been injuries galore, and it doesn't matter. It's next man up. Tyler Anderson looks incredible. He's gone 20 scoreless innings consecutively now in this offense. It's just you have Mookie and Freddie rolling, and Mookie is playing the best ball he has played in Los Angeles. You have Freddie scorching hot right behind him. Trey Turner's putting it together at the dish. Just an absolutely lethal team. Does not seem to matter at all that Max Muncy's nowhere to be seen. I mean, I, I knew I would pick them at some point. To me, this is the week. They, they're playing Pittsburgh in this four game series. After that, much anticipated series with the Mets. That's going to be must watch baseball, in my opinion. Potentially a preview of the NLCS. It, it, they're, as a Dodgers fan, I cannot be happier with this team right now. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, this team is the best. I, I will say, I'll take back what I said. I think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Um, or, you know, you said the best team last week, which is still true. They didn't lose a game. But the only asterisk, I would say, which I don't think should take anything away because Mookie has been amazing. Freddie's been amazing. Everybody, like, this team is just incredible. Is, I mean, they beat the Nationals and the Diamondbacks, which I will say both were on the road. 
but so so they're they're important wins, but not the biggest, not the best of competition. They're playing the Pirates, also another good chance. But the big thing is, you know, that's what they should be doing. They're taking care of business. So I mean, they 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 do look incredible, and it's not just that they're beating these teams, but if you look at their run differential, it's by far the biggest in all the major leagues. So they're just killing these teams that they should be killing too, which is good to see. They're brutal. Craig Grimble hardly gets to get used. I mean, his arm's got to be tight as all could be because he pitches every ninth day. It's incredible. Right, right. How about I go to my dicey team? Uh, this one was a little harder for me to pick. I didn't want to pick um, the Angels just simply because, you know, it was the Blue Jays who beat them. I didn't want to do a two for there. But another team that got swept – and another team that we'll talk about here in a few short minutes that we're going to review is the Philadelphia Phillies getting swept by the Mets. You know, not the best thing in the world. Uh, obviously, the Mets are a great team, but they're a division rival that you, if you want to make, make the playoffs, you're going to need to beat them. They lost the series. They're, they split a four-game set with the uh, Braves before losing that series to the Dodgers. There's been questions of Joe Girardi's job. This defense is struggling. Bryce is kind of banged up and can't play in the outfield. I think this team is struggling. And like I said before, I think they're pretty mediocre all around. I don't think there's a lot here. I, I really don't think that they're going to compete in this division. And I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I forget if I pick them to be or not, but I, I don't think they'll be there. And looking yeah. now, I didn't pick them. How do you feel, James? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the pick. They were obviously on my short list. They were 1A for me. I mean, it's just a team where I didn't think this style would be successful. You know, how baseball shifted now with the shift, the analytics, it's much more manufactured runs. And you said their defense is, like, not great. No, their defense is horrid. It's it's maybe the worst major league defense I've ever seen. I mean, it looks like a toddler playing MLB the show. Like, they're just missing. You You had a guaranteed out at second yesterday. Segura takes his foot off the bag to avoid that, throws home, overthrows the plate, no outs, runner score. It's just like what, like it. They are letting in little league runs, which just overthrows, miss throws, miss. Like you want to talk about a pitcher being able to blame defense? There's a case where maybe you can blame defense because it's been abysmal. I mean, grounders up the middle are going for triples. It's just insane stuff. I, I don't blame Girardi at all, quite frankly. I mean, to me, this team is what it is. Like they're doing exactly what you thought they would do. It's just like. The Yankees, sure, they do the home run ball, but they have very skilled fielders. Their guys can still drop some contact hits. They also are the best at power ball. So it's like they bought in. The Phillies are like half bought in the power ball. It just, it's not a recipe for success. And quite frankly, like, they're still scheduled for more Sunday night baseball games, which just drives me nuts. Like, I don't know how many times on the national stage we have to pit this just bum team out there and just watch them. And, like, we'll get into that in the review, but. You know, I know they have the June, uh, July 3rd game versus the Cardinals. Um, so go Cardinals there. But it's just, yeah, this Philly team is brutal. I don't think that, you know, they, they were always talked about preseason. I'm like, they could make some noise. I could see them maybe making the push over the Mets. I, I don't think there's a chance. I mean, there's just not a lot in the tank there. I mean, based on your sentiment, are you, are you taking them as well? Or did you pivot? Or are you Phillies all the way? 
No, no, I ha- I have a pivot prepared, and you mentioned it. I'm going to go Angels. You know, they've been scorching hot. I understand that was a sweep to the Blue Jays, but it's more than just a four-game loss. They're 3-7 and seven over their last 10. You know, they're cooling off a bit. Now, I don't think this is, you know, uh, and again, this is the dicey. There's a couple ways to view it. They're nowhere near the worst team of baseball. I could easily pick Kansas City. They're one of the worst teams of baseball. They're 2-8 and eight over the last 10. But it's like, who even cares? Like, I do not, for the next three years until Bobby Witt is actually like a face of baseball, I don't care about the Royals at all. So this is kind of it. You know, they're a scorching hot team, all eyes on them, and they're faltering a bit. I don't think this is catastrophic. I don't think they're in any jeopardy. You know, they just got swept at home by a good team, which I think, you know, yeah, it's a good team, but you got to defend the home stadium a little bit better. Um, So slack it a bit, but we'll see what they come back with. They're still a very good club. You just wanted to acknowledge that, like, for as hot as they've been, they uh, have been frozen this last week. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, the reason they are definitely a team worthy of this distinction. The reason I didn't want to do it is because I said Blue Jays, so I didn't want to use kind of the same reasoning. But losing a, uh, a sweep to the Blue Jays at home is, is tough and definitely deserving of a, a dicey categorization but you know james we kind of go ahead go ahead i I was just gonna say if if we're serious about getting the goat mike trout into the playoffs and making noise in the playoffs the teams you're gonna play are the quality of the blue jays you know the teams that get in there no longer can you just brutalize on the oakland athletics and jed lowry all day so it's like yeah these are the games that matter again like you said with the dodgers it's taking care of business which i love because that's easier said than done but, like, I'm interested in how the Dodgers play the Mets. I don't care that they swept all day. It's great. You know, take care of business. That's the most important part to get into the playoffs. But it's like, yeah, when it actually matters, now how is this team stacking up against really good competition? And it looks like not well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. I, I hope that the Angels can, you know, pick it up a little bit. I think, like you said, they start a series with the A's here in a couple uh, minutes, actually. But uh, real quick, we hinted at, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I just have to drop this live update since we just annihilated the Phillies. Uh, Kyle Schwarber just had a solo shot to tie it in the ninth uh, versus the Giants. So maybe again, we, before even releasing this, we're turning their season around. It's just, it's something we do. I definitely think so. How about we turn to, uh, you know, we, we briefed on it because I know uh, you've got some, I mean, we we gave a lot of negative sentiment towards the idea that they should repeat a Phillies-Mets Sunday Night Baseball after we had it, I think, three or four weeks ago. James, you had a lot of negative words to say that they should never do it. I know that's probably how you still feel, but can't deny it was a pretty solid game. Uh, lots of big moments. We got free baseball as the Mets walked it off in the 10th. Bassett was solid. Wheeler was good. We got a different pitching matchup than we expected. It was a good game. Um, despite maybe the meta-analysis of it. Yeah, no, it, it was a very good game. One of the better Sunday Night Baseball games you've watched in terms of quality game, excitement. It was there the whole way. You had the long balls. You had the pitch. And really everything you want in a baseball game, you got here. It didn't change my sentiment even 1%. Didn't change the ticker. Because I never dislike the matchup. because, Like, I hate the Field of Dreams matchup because you're literally pitting two of the worst teams that you can draw up on a lineup card together into the most marketable game, like terrible idea. 
it's not that these teams are like bad. They're exciting teams. You know, Bryce Harper, a lot of marketability. But this isn't even the NFL where you have three primetime games. You have one primetime game a week. You need to capture as many markets as possible, as many exciting storylines. As you, you need to show that there are more stars than Francisco Lindor and Bryce Harper. That's where my problem is. It's like it's a recycled matchup. If you're someone who only watches Sunday Night Baseball, like that's it. You watch one game a week at Sunday Night Baseball. You're like, man, it, I guess the league is just dominated by the Mets and Phillies, which isn't true. So that's my issue. It didn't change that at all. It was a very good game. Exciting game still. The whole thing I said before it was that the Angels Blue Jays should have had that spot. Again, their game was an eleven to ten game, incredible game, all true, the way to the last true. minute. So, you know, just I didn't like it for marketing and I care a lot about how the MLB markets because without a doubt the the trends and what we're seeing in baseball is that it's on the decline. That's the last thing I possibly want. And it annoys me because I feel like I'm more committed to marketing the game than the actual MLB executives whose job it is to make sure that this game gets marketed. I think those are fair points. Um, I agree. I, I, I would like to see different teams playing. I don't know what the decision-making process is like. You know, I, I am curious about that. I wonder if there's like, you know, one guy or a group of guys or girls who make a joint decision and like vote on it, hands raised, or if it has something to do with, you know, marketability of the game, the, the markets that the game will be aired to, uh, how good the teams are, obviously. And I guess I would go into the decision-making, but it, it is interesting to see. And I wish it was a different game too, um, but it was a hell of a game. You know, Castellanos hit a huge three-run home run. That was cool to see. Uh, the Mets started super strong with three runs in the first. Chris Bassett was really good. Um, and Plummer hits that game-tying home run in the ninth for his first career home run. And then a walk-off. It was good to see, but I agree from your standpoint that, you know, I wish we had a better game or a different game. Yeah, and that's it. It's not even a better game. It's just like we need to showcase more. And again, like not even a shot at the Mets. I've loved watching them all season. They're a fun team. The Mets aren't even the most marketable team in their city. I mean, like, seriously, like, what are we doing here? Like, I get it. They're great for baseball, incredible team, huge market share still. Understand that. But it's just like, that's freshening that up. All that said, the kind of question I have for you, Max, and, and I've just been kicking this around as you talk about Chris Bassett. In light of Scherzer and DeGrom and all that, and how Bassett has had to be their number one guy and has stepped up, was the trade for Bassett the Mets' biggest offseason move? I mean, it's probably – it probably – I mean, other than getting Max Scherzer, um, I would say getting Max Scherzer would probably do it for me. Uh, but Chris Bassett right now looking like the ace of this team, he was a guy that they maybe took a risk on. I mean, he was a guy who is coming off Tommy John. I think it's paid off massively. He'd be a number one guy on the Cardinals, for example – and to, for them to be their third option, it's just, you know, shown to be a good decision with the injuries that they've had to deal with. And when it gets to the playoffs and it's those guys back to back to back and then Taylor McGill, who's been great, it'll be tough to play the Mets in a seven game series. Not to mention if any injuries happen, you have Taiwan Walker. He may get slotted to the bullpen then. And that's a terrifying arm to pick up three innings in relief. So. 
Yeah, I just think that trade, like looking back now, you know, it was somewhat under the radar. We still covered it. Like obviously you have an all-star caliber pitcher, but for what he's meant to the team, may have been traded in the offseason. There you go. Well, I, I think James was some good topics, some interesting topics, another good Monday episode. Um, lots of good baseball. Angels, Yankees starting a series, Cardinals, Padres. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff on deck in the baseball world. Excited. I hope these standings get shaken up a bit. You know, let's let's see some movement. Let's have a fun week. Agreed. Agreed. Well, we'll be live on the Twitter, James. It was good talking. Always a pleasure. Go watch some baseball, folks.